If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thanks for joining us today on the Real Life Runners Podcast. We are your hosts, Angie and Kevin Brown. And today we are talking about a concept um, that maybe some runners might not be quite familiar with. And this concept is called periodization of training. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Periodization. That's That's a nice, fun, big vocabulary word for everybody today. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you're not listening super, super early in the morning because that's a lot of syllables. Yeah. Okay, so the idea is within your training that it's not always the same thing. There are sections, there's cycles within your training, like seasons within your training, if you will. Yeah, cycles. That's a good way, I think, to look at it. It's like a, you know, what cycle you're on on at any given point in your training year. Right. And so within the year, depending on what kind of like race goals you have, how many race goals you have, you know, it all depends on, on the individual, but there's, um, well, there's macro cycles, which is like your big picture. I'm aiming for this goal race, like six months from now. And then there's micro cycles, which is like a a set of three weeks or four weeks that, that you kind of repeat a few times inside. Okay. Got it. So, I mean, in order to do the periodization thing, um, you really have to have a, a big basic overview then of like a whole year of your training schedule. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, you don't necessarily need an entire year, but you're going to need a pretty good chunk of it, you know, at least half of it, maybe even a little bit more than half of it, like six, seven months of Mm -hmm. it, because you want to devote a good chunk of time to each of the major sections. And this works even if you don't have a race, like if you want to just keep improving and keep getting in better shape, you still should go through different cycles of training where you're keying in on different major aspects on different ways to improve your body. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of runners fall into the trap of just kind of going out and doing the same thing every day. They go out on a five mile run and, you know, they do the same loop at the same pace and, you know, and that's just kind of what they do or a three mile run or whatever it is. You know, I think a lot of runners kind of fall into that trap. And then if those people are also, you know, running in races, they sometimes wonder why they're not getting faster if they're running more. Right. I mean, if you, if you just transition yourself from, oh, I'm going to do three miles every day to four miles every day to five miles every day, you're going to see incremental improvement. You know, mm-hmm. if you go out and race, it's going to get a little bit better. More mileage tends to lead to better results, but there's a limit to it by actually focusing on different systems of the body, by doing different types of workouts, you actually get much more improvement. Okay. So this kind of falls back into like the quality versus quantity thing that we talked about back in episode one, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing behind this, you know, is when you go out for, for a run, whatever the run is, whether it's very detailed, specific workout or a five mile relaxing run, a 10 mile relaxing run, a three mile run, it has a point. Yeah. And you know what the point is before you go. Right. And, you know, I've been talking to a lot of the women in my running group and stuff too. And 
you know, a lot of them just go out and they run the same pace no matter what the run is. You know, whether it's a three-mile run or a seven-mile run, they're out there running the same pace regardless, um, you know, and they don't really understand the point of the periodization and kind of, you know, the cycles that we're going to talk about today and, and kind of the right way to do it. So I think this episode can be really helpful for a lot of people. I hope so. And, you know, there's also people out there that just want to go out and run every day. That's, right. that's their stress relief. You know, my, uh, my mom fell into this category. She had her 2.7 mile loop that she did. And that's what she did every day. And she loved it. And that was her thing. And as I started getting into running and knowing more about it, I'm like, mom, what? but you could do this into your run. She goes, but I like my loop. And so if that's you and, and you are happy doing your thing and you don't need to, to make your 5k time any faster, go do your thing totally. and be, be happy as you can doing that. Totally. Totally. I mean, this, this episode is really meant for people that want to get faster and improve on their race times. But like Kevin said, like there's a whole group of runners out there that just run to have fun, to be happy, to burn some calories, to burn off some stress, to socialize with their friends friends. Like there are so many other reasons that we run and, you know, not everybody cares about getting faster. And that is awesome, you know, because running is just one of those things that is individualized per, you know, each person has their own reason, their own story. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we obviously started this podcast, you know, is just because we wanted to celebrate all the reasons for running. And, um, so this episode is more geared toward those people that, want to improve on their times um, and, you know, get start getting faster and figure out safe ways to do that. Perfect. All right. I say we jump right into it. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. So your first general season, I, it's a so season many, in a season. How many seasons are there? Uh, like how many seasons should there be? There's basically three. Okay. okay there, there's essentially three. And depending on what your, your distance is, there's a way to sort of move them around. Okay. But the first one, pretty much whether you're doing a 5k, you're doing, you're like a track person or you're doing longer distances, you want to run a half marathon or a full round one is base building. Base building, everyone's favorite. It, it's the one where you really kind of can head out the door and go get in an easy run. Right. That is the major focus of base building. Right. So the major focus of the base building phase is just building mileage and safely building mileage. You know, a lot of people subscribe to like the 10% increase rule in mileage and, you know, there's some truth to that. And then there's a lot of debate on that as well of, you know, whether or not, you know, people can um, safely increase their mileage faster than that. Do you have a, an opinion on that one? The the 10% rule is a pretty safe way to go. Um, but there, there are unless you're working with like a coach that kind of knows, you know, a safer way to progress you. Right. Well, I mean, the whole idea is basically if you run 20 miles in a week, then the next week you can increase by 10%. So you can get to 22 miles. Right. And then the next week you can get to 24.2 miles Mm -hmm. and it, I don't think your body knows that right? down to that precise. Of like, course not. You can add a few extra miles. What you probably shouldn't do is go from 20 miles one week to 30 the next to 40 the next. It just gets too aggressive. Yeah. As long as you don't go anything crazy, you know, 
just progress gradually. There's other, there's a whole other coaching world out there that says if you maintain a level, you kind of live at like 30 miles a week for a few weeks, you can then safely jump from that like 35 up to 45. And then you just stay there for a little while. They make several bigger jumps mm-hmm. and then just, but then you maintain each but level then you for maintain longer. For, for a few weeks. It's okay. not a continuous build. Okay. Um, one of the big things that I like to do, I like to do three weeks of building and then pull back and then three more weeks of building and then pull back. Yeah. And as I, that's how you've always set my programs. That's up. how I set your programs. Yeah. up. As I like it as my sort of mm, time as a runner has increased. We'll say that as opposed to my age has increased because it sounds better. <laughs> my, my running experience. Age has, there you go. As, as I've increased the number of overall miles on my legs, there you go. There's also, there's a safer way. It's a, it's a less stressful way where it's, you build for two weeks and then pull back from one and it's harder and it takes longer to build your overall mileage up, but you get the recovery week every, every two weeks. It, it tends to be a pattern that works, especially as, um, as you increase the, the time that you've been a runner. Yeah. You as, are, as, as we get older, let's just say it. I mean, well, we're all getting older. It, but it is not just older. It really is your running age. Okay. Like if you got into running in your mid forties, there's a way that your body can handle it, that your body can ramp up that someone who is 35, but has been running for 20 years can't really they're literally, there's a running age and there's your actual, you know, chronological age okay. and there's a difference and it's how much wear and tear you've already put on your legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool to know. So, I mean, the key for this phase is really just building time on your feet and increasing the length of like your long run, right? That's kind of what your focus is. Yes. You want to, you want to spend a lot of time in here. You're building a, a huge aerobic capacity. You're building how much oxygen your body can process. So you're focusing a lot on slower runs. Your long run is is nice and relaxed and you're just really focused on making sure that you get more and more and more time on your feet that that long run stretches out especially if this is the base building of a half or a full marathon so does that mean that like every run you go out on has to be slow and easy because that could get really boring for a lot of people. No. Myself included. No. See, you have to make sure that you have enough in there that's still speed. If you completely avoid speed at all costs, then when you try and move on to the next phase, your body has no idea what to do. Yeah, your so, legs are going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so you still want to get some speed in there. And you can do it in a few different ways. Okay. You can you can put strides in at the end of a run. That's okay. a great way to get some really good fast twitch going. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have less structured fartlek work workouts where you just throw surges into the middle of your run, throw in a a one minute surge, you know, five or six times in your run or go on, on a, you know, mid distance run, but do the last one to two miles faster than normal. Just get your body used to kind of picking up the pace a little bit. Okay. So, and for those people that might not be familiar with all the terms you just threw out, like, so, (laughs) so strides are, um, basically 15 to 20 seconds at the end of the run where you kind of pick up the pace to like a level four out of five, um, where you're really, you know, working more on speed. It's not a full out sprint, but it's a, it's a much faster, faster run than what you've been running throughout the rest of that run. Right. 
Yes, that's a pretty good way to do it. It's, okay. And it's essentially a level down from an all-out sprint. It's a chance to really get some good turnover going. Okay, and then explain the fartlek concept. Too. You just threw out the word fartlek, and well, that's you know, not everybody knows what that means. It's fun to say. Well, yeah, the Ameri- It's an interval run, essentially. Yes, it's an interval run. It is... It, it, it's what Scandinavian, I forget which country, Swedish, it's Swedish <laughs> for uh, speed play. And I like that it's speed play because it really is a chance to just play with speed during your run. And it, especially during base building, you don't need to have it super structured. And it's not like, oh, at the start of every one mile, I'm going to go for exactly two minutes. You just kind of pick it up every once in a while be like, ah, now I'm going to push for 30 seconds. Oh, now I'm going to push until I reach that light pole. Oh, I'm going to go on the trail until I hit around that bend past the tree. And you just throw some surges into your run and it gets the body moving. Yeah. And for people that are cool with that, that's, that's good. I mean, sometimes those of us that like are have less experience with running. Like I know I, I'm always asking you, you're like, okay, this run you're going to do four minutes up and one minute down. And I'm like, okay, well, what should my up pace be? And what should my down pace be? And you're like, it's not really, you know, don't worry about the paces right now. Cause that's kind of where I am right now. I'm kind of in this base building phase for my half marathon that's coming up in February, um, which I'm pretty excited about. I just signed up for that one and it's going to be my first half since, um, baby number two was born. Like my, I've only run one half and it was six years ago. So I'm kind of excited to see what my body's going to be able to do this time around. But, um, anyway, so I just started this half plan and it is more of a base building. And I, and I noticed that you are giving me more, you know, of the interval stuff, you know, three minutes on two minutes off this kind of thing, um, with less focus on the pace and more just kind of on the effort level that I'm putting into it. Right. It's a lot more effort level. And a lot of the pickup, whether you do it short or you do it long, a lot of the pickup is roughly five K pace. Like that's about as fast as you want to go. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, you're training for a marathon, you're not going to try and crank out super fast, you know, mile pace repeats. If you're training for a 5k, realize you're in base building phase. And this isn't going to be paces at your 5k goal for six months from now, but it's what feels like the effort that you would run if you were to head on on 5k today. Mm -hmm. It's what is that pace for a minute and then get a little recovery and then for another minute and get a little recovery. It's all effort based of how does it feel in your head, feel to your legs. Yeah. And that's super important to also start learning in this base building phase is like what all these paces do feel like. So it's helpful to kind of have a watch and kind of know what pace you are running, but not to be super hyper focused on it, you know, and just so you're kind of like, okay, this is what this pace feels like. You, you, You know, teaching your body what different paces feel like is super duper important. Well, yeah. And as you go through this phase and you start really increasing your, uh, your aerobic capacity, your ability to run these different paces changes a lot. So what feels like 5k pace, like I don't want to tell somebody, all right, you have to hit exactly eight minute per mile pace because in, in week one and two of your training cycle, eight minute per mile pace is going to feel a whole heck of a lot different than it does in week like six and eight. Yeah. So I want it to feel like you're racing a 5k. Okay. That's good to, to know. And then there's other important things for us to kind of keep in mind during this base building phase too. Um, one of which is strengthening, you know, really focusing on your strength and stability exercises and those core exercises um, so that you're really building that strong and stable core. Um, to help support your body throughout the rest of your training cycles. 
Right. This is the time to really key in on making sure that you're balanced left to right side. Yeah. You know, you don't want weird imbalances as you start building that mileage up on, and your long run. If you got one side that's stronger than the other and you're going out for a 12, 15 mile run, eventually one of the sides is going to break down on you. So yeah. you need to make sure you've got that good balance. Okay. And is it important for us to like be like strictly adherent to a schedule at this point in time and you know totally mental i like to say that during the base building phase if you need to miss a workout if you feel like you're you're wiped and you need to pull back base building phase is a good time to do that you know if you miss a day it's easier to adjust during base building phase than most of the other ones i think it, it's all a mental thing of some people if they've got a plan they want to make sure they can check it off other people are much more flexible like well i i missed this day life got in the way you know life gets in the way a lot and base building is a good one to kind of move things around like okay well instead of one long run maybe you have to break it into two separate runs because you just don't have an hour and a half to spend that day but you do have 40 minutes here and a half hour there well that, that's two runs and, and you make that work right and it's i mean your body gains different things for from each of those like you know there's definitely long run benefits that you're not getting when you break it up into two separate runs but you know like we always say like it's about running in your real life, you know, and it's everything can't just stick to a, a nice black and white plan that's all laid out and, you know, you hit every workout perfectly, you know, sometimes you have to make the adjustments and, um, you know, I'm a big fan of listening to your body also and I think that this is a really good time to start to you know, hone in on that and, you know, listen and make sure that you are getting enough sleep and hydrating and, you know, all that stuff is, is super important, not only during this phase, but all the phases. Yeah. But this is a great time to start getting into the habits of making sure that you're doing that. So yeah. as the training starts really bearing down on you, you're in the habit of sleeping correctly and eating correctly. Yeah. All right. Last thing on, on base building is this is a good time to start drill work where you're increasing and, and working on your range of motion for injury prevention. And you don't need a ton of, of crazy drills and, and a million different things. I do, if I remember to and I've got time for it, I try and get in about six where I'm working on my some side steps for my hips. I'm working on walking on my toes so that my calves stay strong. I work on some marching so that I get good range of motion through my hips. Yeah. And that's about it. I mean, the, the most important things to focus on are your hip mobility and your ankle mobility. I mean, those really, if there's a lack of mobility in those two joints, um, that's really what tends to cause the most injuries in runners. All right. So on to level two, um, after our base building comes our speed building phase, Kev. So what's the point of speed building? Okay. So at this point, your, your major workouts start differentiating between what your goal race is. Okay. So if you're shooting for something like a 5k, you start throwing in some like mid length repeats. If you like, um, miles and, uh, kilometers and things like that, kind of longer repeats, but nothing super long, but like that. If you're looking for like a 10k, a half marathon, you're starting to do more structured intervals where you're doing, you could do mile repeats. You could also do like 10 minute repeats where it's, you're feeling that pace for a, a longer set of time or two mile repeats. And three times a two mile is a great, great workout for a 10k or a half marathon. Oh man, you're totally going to make me do those kind of workouts, aren't you? <laughs> you totally sighed, didn't you? <laughs> 
Um, if you're looking for, for the marathon, the key during this time is really starting to build up that tempo run. Okay. And tempo is a term that is thrown out all over the place. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people trying to define the thing. Some people define it as, you know, on a very scientific level of when the body starts building up different chemicals. Tempo run is a long sustained effort. And, that's what most people use it as nowadays. Right. That's, that is the broadest definition of it. So if you're looking for the marathon, this is the time to start looking at, ha- at extending your marathon pace run and throwing in some shorter intervals where you're going like 10 minutes and then a little break and then 10 minutes and a little break at your half marathon pace. Much, much longer distance running. So you're not supposed to just go out and like try to hit your marathon pace for like all these runs. No, no, there should definitely be a lot of easy time in this. You're looking at maybe like a couple of workouts during the week and then a longer run on the weekend. But it's important to also run faster than marathon pace or faster than 5k pace or half marathon pace during this point too, right? Well, yes. If you just try and do, this is a big mentality that a lot of people have. They're like, okay, every time I work out, I want to make sure that I run exactly at my goal race pace because right. the more I run at my goal race pace, then I know that I can hit it exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's, that's not true. Cause if you try every day to hit your goal race pace, you're going to get burned out. You need the, the days where you're going much easier than your goal pace and you de- need days where you're going faster. So even if you're training for something like a half or a full marathon, you still need days where you're going much shorter, where you're hitting like half mile repeats at 5k pace. Okay. So you're doing shorter repeats, um, with like less recovery in between or more recovery in between, or just, you were just talking about like the, really the, the speed of those repeats is it, it's important to still throw in faster things, even if you're training for longer distances. Yes. You still want faster things, even if you're training for longer distances. Okay. In the, if you're training for something like a 5k, your shorter repeats are getting down towards like, like a 400 where you're doing quarter repeats. There's a couple of ways to work that guy. You could do 400s at 5k pace with a very short recovery, or you can work the speed end of it and do 400s at like mile pace, but you would then just increase your recovery. The faster you go, the more recovery you need. You need to make sure that you're staying on something where you're getting the recovery so you can keep hitting your appropriate tempo. Right. And there's benefits to both, right? I mean, there's benefits to going faster with longer recovery and to going not as fast with a shorter recovery. Yeah. If if you completely give up on working on your higher end speed, you know, like, oh, well, I'm running the marathon. It's not going to be at a very fast pace. Your body still needs to know how to go fast. You know, it's like the, there's a classic running adage out there that says speed kills. It kills those who don't have it. You have to get your speed no matter what, because it helps your body if, if you're able to, to move at a really fast rate, then when you bring it back down to marathon pace, your body knows, oh, I really don't have to work as hard. The faster your fast end is, the easier your marathon pace feels. Because you're pushing that aerobic versus anaerobic fuel systems and capacity like we talked about in one of our previous episodes. Um, you know, you're training, you have to train the different system, the body systems correctly so that, you know, 
you're able to access, you know, more oxygen and stuff when you are in that fat burning aerobic zone that you need to be in for like the longer marathon and half marathon type distances, right? Right. This is why um, there's a lot of marathoners out there on like the elite level that throw some good like 200 meter repeats, not at like super flying speed, but at, at a pretty good cadence. They put it back into their base building phase so that they never lose the speed. Yeah. And then as they get into the speed building phase, they try and take that that 200 like, oh, yeah, I remember how to run fast and just stretch it out and run it for longer and longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're racing for something more like a 5K, you're working more on that high-end speed. You're doing repeats at mile pace. I mean, I remember when I when I first started putting plans together for you, and you were like, well, if I want to run a faster 5K, shouldn't I just keep trying to run that 5K time as much as possible? And like, right. well, no, you need to have times where you're going at like how fast you could race a mile, and then you need times where you're going at, at your theoretical half marathon pace. Right. And you work that combo, and the 5K in the middle keeps getting faster. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely totally works. I mean, I didn't quite understand it at the beginning, but I just trusted you and went with it and it definitely works. And obviously now I understand the science and everything behind it too. So, um, also during the speed building phase, we're, um, keeping up with that strength training, definitely focusing on the core. Um, you're still trying to build that muscle strength. It's important to you know, that runners do that strength training, I would say at least twice a week personally, um, you know, but at a minimum once a week, um, and continue that drill work to, to keep the speed and the mobility of the hips and the ankles. Um, and you know, we think that it's probably really good to do a lot of this drill work, like after a long run in this phase, right, babe? Right. Which I'm, I'm not going to lie is painful. Because I know when I finish a long run, what I want to do is be done with my workout for the day. Yes. And But one of the really great things that you could do after a very long run is strides and some light drill work. And it it's, it's not mentally what you want to do at that point in time, but physically you're going to feel so much better the next day. And to try and throw in strides at the end of a really long run, you're taxing different systems. Your form is going to be a little bit different on the run. So it's not going to be as hard as it sounds right. to throw some pickups at the end of, you know, a two hour distance run. Yeah. I actually like doing it if I remember, um, because my knees just get really stiff, my knees and my back, like after a long run, you're in that position for such a long time that like, I just feel very stiff when I'm done with my long run. So it actually does feel really good because, you know, your body system, when you run faster is, is your stride and your um, cadence and your gait pattern are different when you're running faster versus when you're running slower. And so it kind of helps to loosen me up. I actually, um, even like to throw some strides in during my long runs at some point in time, like, you know, every couple of miles I I throw some in that just to kind of change the way that my knees are flexing. Oh, you're going to be really excited about the training program we've got put together for your half coming up then. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, so yeah, so, um, and, and then in, in general, just also maintain that weekly mileage, continue that three up, one down cycle, and really focus on that 80-20, um, you know, 80% slower, 20% faster. You want to talk just a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, the idea behind this is that overall, your your one-week cycle, and there are other people out there that instead of looking at it as a one-week cycle, it gets up to like a 10-day cycle, but within that that 80% of your volume is nice and easy, relaxed runs. And it's nice to, it's 
pretty easy to build that 80% up there if you throw in a good long distance run and stuff like that, but that you need a solid 20% where you're pushing your body. And, you know, that's, that's how I work out. Most of my training stuff is I really, especially during this phase, like to focus on a, a good solid 20% of speed during base building. As I'm really trying to ramp the mileage up, sometimes I pull back a little bit. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't want so much speed when I know that I'm increasing 10% and 10% and yeah. 10%. Are you more like 90, 10 in base building or like 85, 15? Yes. One of those. Yeah. Cool. All right. So on to phase number three, we're looking at peaking and tapering. So this is, you know, if you have a goal race in mind that you're really trying to hit a time goal, or you're really trying to have your body, you know, feel in its best condition to run that race, it's very important to have your training cycle kind of hit that peak and then taper down like in the couple weeks before the race. All right. So this is essentially like your, your racing phase. So if you've got a goal race during these last few weeks to build up, you know, you can put in one or two sort of three week up, one week down cycles into this guy, depending on how much time you're working with. Um, and during the time you focus on shorter intervals with longer recovery. And it seems backwards. It's like, well, I've got all this base and I've got all this speed. I don't need that much recovery anymore. I'm in great shape. But if you're pushing the pace, if you're really working on that higher end, you don't need massive volume, but you do need the recovery so that your body can actually keep going at that faster pace. Yeah. So that recovery is a very, very important um, when you're pushing at that level, because recovery is when your body actually makes the gains. It's not in pushing. Like when you push, you break the body down and it's in the recovery that your body actually rebuilds itself and it rebuilds itself stronger and faster than it was before. Right. So during this phase for like 5k training, what I really like to do is I like quarters. I like two hundreds shorter stuff on the track where you can really get moving. So during like phase two, if you did quarters on the track, you could do a lot of them. You could do like 12, 16 quarters where you're hitting a little bit faster than your 5k pace, but you have so many of them that it's, it's rough and it, you have a lot of quarters with a pretty short recovery. Now in this third phase, you're still hitting quarters, but you're hitting them at like mile race pace. So you only do, you know, four to eight quarters, but your recovery time is double or triple what it was during the second phase. You're going a whole lot faster. It really fine tunes the body and, and cranks out that good speed at the end here. I love seeing our cross country kids during this phase because it's so fun, you know, when we get at, at this point in the season and, you know, they're like, wait, we only have to do how many? Like, that's it? That's all we have to do? You know, like they get so excited because we really don't have, we're not throwing as much of the volume at them, but, but we're giving them, you know, the recovery and everything that their bodies need at that point in time to start hitting those, you know, end of season PRs that they're all looking for. Right. So, I still really like to keep that that 80-20 of 20% of your training during the week still needs to be a good up-tempo where you're pushing the body. So if you do these workouts where you're only doing a handful of, of repeats, you just don't have a lot of volume there, how do you balance it? I throw in longer stuff at race pace. So even if you have, you know, in a, when we're coaching the cross country kids, there's a race every single week. If you're aiming for like a goal half marathon, 
um, or you know you're you're a road racing kind of person. You've got that goal 5K in mind. During this time, you're going to want to do keep some like mile repeat or 15, 20 minute runs at your, your goal 5k pace so that you, you still build the volume of up-tempo stuff. Yeah. And that also helps with the mental aspect of the training also, just to keep in mind that that's, you know, your, your goal pace and have you on, on point for that too. And then during this phase, it's okay to kind of pull back on your strength training because you really don't want to be fatiguing the muscles as much during this phase because you're going to be focusing on that higher end speed. That's going to be doing a lot of the fatigue, the fatiguing of the muscles for you. You know, I I still think it's important to to continue with the strength training, especially with the core. Um, But you can pull back on some of like the heavier weight stuff or that kind of thing that you might be doing just to keep. just to make sure that your legs are getting enough recovery time and letting your muscles, you know, get to have enough of that downtime that they need to get stronger and get ready for race day. Perfect. And then the last part of your peaking and, and tapering cycle is the actual taper. So during, depending on the race, if it's a 5k, a one week taper is usually sufficient, maybe two in a marathon. I've seen people go two, three weeks as their taper where you cut down. And the way I like to do it is to cut by, um, about 25% during the first week and then by another 50% during the second week. And that's cutting back on your overall weekly mileage. So taking like a, what is that? A 40 mile week, cut it down to 30 and then cut that thing all the way back to 15. So it's this, this severe cutback. So your body just feels great. There's other people that if you cut that much mileage off of them, their body feels terrible. Yeah. They, 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 their immune system starts like saying, Oh, I guess we're in break time and people will get sick during this time, or they just feel lethargic the whole time. They can't cut as back. They can't cut back nearly as much. Take like a a 20% drop and then another 20 or a 10% and another 10. As long as you're pulling back a little bit so you feel fresh, that's the goal of this. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Anything else? I mean, speed and tempo intervals are still important at this point in time. And, you know, you still want to be doing those workouts just to keep those legs fresh, you know, but you're you're really, really pulling back on that mileage just to make sure that your legs are ready for race day. Yeah. I mean, I think that pretty much sums up the three, the, the general idea of periodized. So you build the base, you work on the speed, and then you hone in for your actual specific race. Awesome. So... Like we um, tend to do here and how this applies to kind of our real life outside of running, um, you know, just like there are seasons of training, I think that it's important to remember that there's also seasons of our life and seasons of um, the year that it's important to focus our efforts in one area versus the other. You know, like when you're a parent and you've got little kids that need you all the time, um, for everything, basically, <laughs> you know, like you might not have as much time to devote to your marathon training program or you might go six years between half marathon races. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, for the two of us, I mean, that, that is definitely what happened. You know, we were, you know, running and racing and then we had kids and, you know, we have definitely cut back in the past eight years and have not done as much of that the past six years. And, and we're now kind of getting to the point where we're back 
you know, focusing more on that stuff where we can devote more time to training, where we can devote more of our time to that because our kids are eight and five now and they still need us a lot for sure. But they, you know, can do certain things on their own. You know, they don't need help every single time they go to the bathroom anymore. Right. It's They don't it's, need help getting dressed anymore. You don't feel quite as bad heading off on a distance run and leaving a parent with both kids. Yeah. You know, when, when one of them's crawling around and still in diapers and then you're, you're trying to deal with that while another kid's running and crying and stuff. Especially if there's like a year or two between them. Right. That's so tough. And to say, okay, I'm going to go run. You take care of that. It, it's tough to, to do that. It's just physically, it's, it's mentally hard to say, all right, all you, I'm going to go get in my training run. Right. So yeah, seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know that for me, when the kids were little, like they would cry every single time I would leave the door to, to go out for a run. If I were to go out, you know, they'd be hanging on my ankles saying, mommy, don't go, you know, and my mom guilt got the best of me and I pulled back and I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the focus that I have in my training now. Right. And, and you know what? I'm okay with it, you know, especially looking back on it, you know, I, I, the way I look at it, you know, those two girls, they only have one mom and, you know, my time with them every day is, is 24 hours and that's all I get with them. And it's important for me to focus on me and my health because that helps me to be the best mom to them and the best wife to you and the best version of myself. But, you know, also if, if I have to pull back sometimes, then, you know, that's what I've got to do. Sometimes you need an easy day. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) you need an easy day, but then there's other times that you really need to be focused and, you know, try, I'm, you know, try really trying to push myself because that's what I also need mentally and well, you, physically. I mean, if you're trying to accomplish any goal, whether it's a running goal or a business goal, life goal, whatever it is, you, you need a plan. You need seasons where you can focus on, on specific tasks that will move you one step closer to your goal. Right. You know, if you have a big goal out there, don't just say, up, oh, that's my big goal. Six months down the road, figure out the steps that you need to get there break it into smaller cycles and say, okay, I need to reach this. Then I need to reach my next step, then my next step. And eventually I get to my goal. Yeah. That's follow the plan. That's what we like to call reverse engineering. You know, what is the big goal? And then you have to kind of look back and reverse engineer it. Like, okay, you know, what do I need to do in order to accomplish that? And how am I going to fit all of that into my days and, you know, break it down into smaller and smaller and smaller steps until it's very, very manageable. And that's my plan for, for marathon training. I've got a half marathon next spring and like, all right, that half marathon is the step to my next marathon training cycle. You know, it's, it's a plan. Awesome. So thank you guys so much for joining us today and thank you for spending this time with us. Please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. If you know somebody that might like or benefit from this show, we would love it if you were to share this with them. And you can also head over to our website, realliferunners.com. We've got our show notes over there with um, links and other resources for you guys. Have a great day and we'll catch you guys next week.